and, and there comes the greatest breakup paper ever written. Right? It's because we trust, we trust him. And we say we want to live in a nation in which we can freely express our religious beliefs. Look, whatever it may be, whatever your religion is, we can express it. But I want to tell you that uh, religion hasn't done very much for me. It hasn't. Jesus has done a lot for me. Religion has helped me get to and discover the freedom of Christ. Look, the only thing I'm really religious at is, uh, and I'm good at, is uh, eating three times a day. <laughs> right? I'm pretty good at that religion. Right? I, I, my body tells me about every four hours, three, four hours, like, look, dude, it's religion time. Right? It's time to get something to eat. Uh, look, I'm pretty religious about coming to church on Sunday mornings. Right? But other than that, what are we religious about? But God says, man, I want you to find freedom. I want you to find freedom in my body and soul. And in that freedom, it says, do not sin, but yet to glorify God in heaven. Because we're free today. What a great country we live in. I told the prayer crew this morning, as we were circled, I said, don't let all the tomfoolery get you off track, right? This is still a great place to live, the United States of America. What a great project to be a part of. And we get the opportunity, and we're blessed as humans to live here today, but yet we complain about it. There's some other awesome places on our globe, but I can't find one that I'd rather move to. So let's just be Christians today in America as we pause to celebrate our independence this week. And let's just be Americans that can celebrate our Christian freedom, true freedom. Can we do that, church? Like, just amazing what God has done and what he's doing in our midst. Hey, before, um, before I dive into the sermon, I just I ask that you pray. Thank you. 
my barbecue's too hot for that. Uh, but maybe that's why you're here. It's like, we can't go outside and do anything. We might as well go sit in church. I don't know. But last week, it was an awesome Sunday. I think today is going to be too. 187 people over two services last Sunday. It's our second highest attended Sunday this year. Uh, we had 208 on Easter, our largest uh, service that we had today. Uh, David and I were talking uh, when he uh, and the Kinder family, they came into our church. There were probably this many people total, uh, and that wasn't all that long ago, and God is, is moving. Um, and after Easter, we had 193 the following service, and, and, and it, it's just God is moving. You're asking, why, why am I showing you these numbers? You're just another one of those pastors that want to fill seats with, with, with butts, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I do, actually. Uh, I see empty seats, and I'm like, there are people that aren't here today that need the relationship that you all get, and to be a part of this body, of this movement that God is doing. We're the bride of Christ, the local church, and I think all of Conroe needs to populate all of our churches. We have great churches, but more importantly, uh, once people are here, once you are here, what do we do? What do we do with them? We're going to talk about that uh, this week, but well, man, wasn't that town hall on Wednesday night? Was that cool or what? Woo! I enjoyed that. I was like, okay, that's a success. Three people loved it, man. That's cool. Uh, that's enough for me. We're two or more. Yeah, if he's in the midst, I heard a couple claps. That's mine. There's three. Like, let's do it again. Uh, I really wish we would have had more time. I would have loved that. Look, I, I want to tell you, uh, the church at large, before we move on, like, when questions come up, I know there's so many questions in the church because Satan uh, comes in and he meddles and he'll even put doubt or, or dare I say, gossip uh, in the midst of the body. Uh, and that makes you have questions. I want you to know that we are available. We being the staff, the elders, right, are available to answer your questions. Info at therefuge.org always works great. Right? It just, it's easy to remember. Info at therefuge.org. If you can't remember, just go to the website. It's on there. And just send us a question. Hey, what's on your mind? I do not want you out there festering with these questions and things uh, in your mind. We want to be able to answer these things and, and be transparent. But, you know, I, uh, I like to think you're informed and you're up to date and everything. But I also realize that you're not thinking about what's happening in the life of the church as much as I do, right? Like, I'm like, because they don't know that. It's like, just because you know it, Steve, doesn't mean they know it. you got to tell people, right? And so I, I just want to be uh, transparent in that. But I love what God is doing here. What do I love? I, I love the life change that I'm seeing in some of your families. I love to see the comments that God is moving in your hearts and he's changing who you used to be and he's making you into what he wants you to be. I love the, the timetable. Some of you, like me, are stubborn, 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 and it takes a while to transition and find your freedom in Christ. Others are like, woo-woo, Stacy, right? Let's go, let's do it. And she'll open up her heart and mind to receive what God has. And I love that this is a place where you can discover Christ on your timetable, right, with him. And, and this is an opportunity for us to come together and grow. We're growing, not just in numbers, but in spiritual growth. Like God is growing us. He's growing me. Families are stronger. Refuge youth is transforming. Refuge kids is blossoming. I mean, we're going to have 50 kids in this place. Like, we've not had to cap off yet a BBS and say, I'm sorry, we're going to 
put you on an overflow list. If a vacancy comes up, we'll add you. Like, how cool is this? Like, God is moving. This is a great season in the life of our church. And today, I get to kick off a new sermon series called Discipleship. Get on board. Right? Like, okay, get, we got to get on board. So you're here. Now what? That's the big question. I think churches are asking that. But you know, churches, it's almost like they have this trap door. And people come in the front, and if they get in the wrong place, the bottom gets out, and then the whole batch just goes away. Like, where'd they go? We, we, they were here, they were apart, and then what happened? Did the trap door just take them? And when people come and go into churches, and, and if this isn't the place for you to worship, I, I hold the trap door for you, put you into another church in our community where you can feel comfortable and can worship God the way he's called you to because we've got to become disciples. And discipleship is how we do it, and you've got to get on board. It's time to get on board. Now, this month, we're going to use this nautical theme, this nautical look at discipleship and getting on board. Uh, it's just only fitting for me. Uh, I love the graphic. You saw it last week when I, when I launched it, right? I didn't make it. I love it. Uh, Adam over here. Come on, Adam. He's a he's fantastic graphic
think they'd be the ones that, like, you chose to kill? Like, that person? I'm like, come on, think about it for a minute. As I was pastoring at Refuge Counseling Center, uh, veterans from Camp Hope, I, I would often tell the veterans, right, who are recovering from addictions and their lives are uh, falling apart and tattered together, I said, look, if Jesus was walking down the street outside today looking for his disciples, he'd likely choose you. He wouldn't, I know, he wouldn't choose me. And so what he does is he's taking Jesus Christ, takes these people from the culture, and he teaches them so they become students of Christ. And then he's getting ready to leave, and he says, now you go and do likewise. Now it's your turn to go and teach. So discipleship is literally moving from student to teacher. That. Let's take a look at it from a higher learning lens, right? Like, like elementary school, middle school, high school, undergrad, grad, doctorate, right? You, we understand that. You don't have to have gone to college to understand how the construct works, right? But if you set foot into a college classroom, there are options. Do you know that you can sign up at Lone Star and you can go, it's what they call audit the class? Basically, you say, hey, I want to audit the class. I mean, I don't want credit for it. I don't want college credit. Uh, I, I want to go and just sit in the back, and I want to observe, and I want to participate, but I'm not in it for the credit. Some of you today are auditing Christianity. You're, you're, you're coming in here and saying, I don't want to be a student. I just want to sit in the church, and I want to listen, and I want to audit the class. And some of you... For credit, you signed up. Like I, I want to be a student of the Word, and, and you're and you're studying it, and you're a student, and you're sitting here, and you're serving, and you're going through the motions, and you're learning, and you become a student. And then we look at it from the, the professor's perspective. There's a teacher in every classroom, so you may have someone auditing it. You may have students, and you also have a teacher, and the teacher is the disciple. And then what happens from there is you have to have a teacher who teaches others to teach, a disciple maker. And so I want you to see, even within our body, uh, there's different places. Some of you are auditing. Some of you are students. Some of you are, dis which is the student would be the disciple. And then some of you are disciple makers. You go and you're making disciples of other people. We've got to understand this construct before we move into the remainder of the month. Because I really am asking you to take one step. And let's just be honest. Like we're not. There's no quiz, right? We're not going to get off in group. The auditors over here, the students right here, and the disciples over here, right? We're not going to split up. But I need you to start thinking. Where am I? If this were a college class, where am I? Like, where's my heart and my mind? Am I just here because somebody brought me here? Am I just here because, you know, we've always gone to church on Sundays as a family, and this is just what we do? We come in, we sit here, I always say, you know, live like Christ on Sundays and live like hell Monday through Saturday. You know, what's, who are you? Are you auditing the class? Are you all in as a student? And are, or are you the disciple? And are you disciple maker? Are you making disciples of Christ? Because I want you to see that as Jesus...
Jesus was leaving the earth, he was charging uh, the, the disciples to become disciple makers. And that's how we have the scriptures today. And we're the benefactor of that. But it's just as relevant to us today as it was to those 12 disciples. Because God works in multiplication, not addition. Look at the bread and the fish. That's all you have to do. That was not an addition illustration. That was a multiplication illustration. He multiplies things. So, we're going to walk through this discipleship this month. And I want to start with this, a, a sermon called, Sailing is Hot. Like, sailing is hot. It's hot. H-O-T. Ever, anyone ever enjoyed a summer cruise in the Caribbean? Come on, you raise your hands in church. You're picking Caribbean cruise, Caribbean cruise, right? But you get on deck out there in the Caribbean, all of a sudden it's hot out there, right? You're like, what in the world's happening? I was watching this show. I, I like that they have these big extreme ships shows, you know, and they had this cruise ship, and it was leaving New York. New York Harbor was cold, and they were sailing down to the Caribbean. And when they left New York, they're all in coats, standing there going under the, the, the Verrazano Bridge, and just like, man, leaving New York, and the weather was nasty. And then the commercial break, and they come back, and they're, and they're somewhere off the Carolinas and headed toward Florida and getting down to the Caribbean, and everything changes, right? They're outside in the pool. They're in their bathing suits. Like, it all of a sudden got hot. Come on. I remember sailing in the Bering Sea in the middle of February. It was not hot except in the engine room. So it's, it's, it's Arctic outside, for real. And, and I would go into the engine room on these rounds that I would make. Why? To warm up because it was hot down there. And I wanted some heat as we were doing it. I remember steaming from Kodiak, Alaska to Honolulu, Hawaii. And I remember day after day just steaming. It's literally a course of 180 forever, right? You just go and like eight knots and you're just like just forever sailing 180. And you see nothing, by the way. And it's fantastic. And I remember the swim call. But the problem was uh, we didn't have air conditioner. And now you're starting to get into tropical weather. And a boat from Alaska, oh, you should have seen this. This was a hoot, right? We're all up there used to sailing the Bering Sea and the Arctic Ocean. And then all of a sudden, this boat with no AC pulls into Honolulu. Looks like a bunch of ghosts get off the boat, right? We're all these white, pasty guys, right? And we walk off this ship. And then by the time we come back in the afternoon, we all look like lobsters. You know, you can't move. You can't walk. They literally had to have training on how to apply sunblock because they knew what we were getting into. We were there for a month for training. Training. Now, oddly, um, uh, heat exists in discipleship. It gets, it gets hot. And I want you to see that there's some attributes that we as Christians need to submit to if we're going to become disciples, if we're going to address and face the heat, because we've got to submit to it. I'm going to use the mnemonic uh, HOT. We're going to break this down. I want to uh, walk you through this with the time that we have today. So number one, H, hot. we got to be humble. Humble. That's the first attribute to discipleship. We have to humble ourselves. You have to humble yourself. Humility starts from a spirit that is within you. Humility starts with submission. Say, I'm going to submit my spirit from being offensive to being humble to be proud, to be humble. And we, we have to die to ourselves. Do you die to yourself? Your desires, your wants, some of y'all are selfish. Actually, I think we're all selfish. We all want what we want. That's why we argue about where we're going to eat lunch today. Like, Lance, so we're 
eat lunch today. And you look at your wife and you know, it's like, where are we going to eat? Like, I, I don't want to eat there. Right? That's what it's selfishness. It's selfishness because we're, we're trying to get what we want. We have to surrender our pride and say, it's not about me. I, I, need, to, I, I need to die to myself if I want to be a disciple so that I can experience humility. Humility. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Let's do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, look right there, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Are you more concerned about other people, or are you more concerned about yourself? Think of what, how Jesus treated his disciples. Can you imagine? Do you see the difference? And do you know how those disciples, how many times Jesus, he had to, he had to teach the disciples and how they ought to respond? Like, like that's a big difference. Like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm having to learn from the master to submit to what God is doing in my life. How, how do you do this, church? How are you? Humility starts with serving other people. Serving other people. It's one of the reasons I, I, I challenge you to text uh, Chapel Crew. Chapel Crew. It's not Chapel Crew anymore. That's old. Our crew, our crew, the, the, the letter R, C-R-E-W, to 97,000, and it lets you sign up on a crew to serve on one of our crews, our refuge crews. That's our volunteer teams. Why? Because humility starts with serving other people. Why do you do that? Like, you're like, you know, hey, we're, we're not just asking you to serve on a crew for the benefit of us. It's the benefit of you. It starts to teach us humility. It starts to move us toward being a disciple of Christ. Meet the needs of other people. What are their needs? You're going to serve in the, in the kitchen area and give somebody a cup of coffee or a cold thing of water? Right? Like, that's humility. Instead of saying, you know, hey, I'm going to go visit with my friends. I'm going to sacrifice some of that time. I'm going to get here early, brew some coffee, like a hand to you with a smile. Why? Because you're more important than me. It's more important to serve other people than get my needs met. First Peter 5, 5 says, all of you, that's us, all of us, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. to control it and submit pride to humility and say, I'm going to choose humility. I want to be humble. Why? Because I want to be a disciple of Christ. Here's the question. Do you do like Jesus would do? Right? It's the old cliche, wristband. Remember that? What would Jesus do? WWJD. Right? He would love first. Right? That's, that's the minute it came out with the second part of it. What would Jesus do? He would love first. How do we love others? By being humble, serving them, and being there for them. Do we do like Jesus would do? Do you do what he would do? Uh, even deeper question, do you even know what Jesus would do? Do you know what he would do? Sometimes, there are some times when that comes out, like, what would Jesus do? I don't know what he would do. I, I, he probably wouldn't do what I'm doing right now. 
he would do something different, right? What would he do in these moments of despair and distress or anger or fear, frustration, worry, anxiety? What would he do? Some of you need to submit your response and humility and change the reaction because that's what Jesus would do.
something new? Am I open to it? The first step of discipleship is humility. The second step is openness. Are you open? Are you open? Some of you are so closed, you're like a, you're like a clamshell. It's just closed tight. There's a pearl in there, and nobody's going to get to see it. And it's just sitting there all closed tight. You're just closed. You're just, you're just a closed tight person. But following Jesus Christ requires and demands some openness. Let me see. Some openness. Can you just be open to it? Like, can you open your eyes? Can you open your ears? Can you open your mind? Can you open your heart? Can you become open? Humility will bring forth openness. It, it just, they work together. Ezekiel says this, and I will give you what? Come on, I love it. A new heart. And I will put a new spirit that's within you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive <coughs> heart. Are you even open to this? Do you even see that you need to become open? Like this tender, responsive heart is open. It's open. So we just need to open it. It's no longer hardened or calloused. It means that your behavior will change. Because when you have a heart transplant, your mind thinks differently, your mouth speaks differently, your behavior is going to look different. That's why the greatest testimony is someone whose life has been transformed by God. That's why when our culture comes at us with this twistedness and this weirdness, and they say, I was born this way. I was born with this anger in my heart. You should have met my dad. I was born an alcoholic because my mom was an alcoholic. I was just born this way. We struggle. I say, I know. That's probably true. That's why you need to be born again. You need to be made new. And they're not open to this concept. That the people who are looking for the most open mindedness are the ones that are the most closed. Like our world today is speaking of inclusivity. Why is it that the people that are demanding us to be inclusive are the least inclusive? Right? Like, like they're so close to their one way that they can't be. Look, if you want to follow this, your mind, come on, your mind better be open. Because I don't know how anybody from a world view can come to a Christian and say, you're just being closed-minded. Like, look, I'm more open-minded than anyone on the planet when I'm following the Word, when I'm listening to things. Have you read this book? No, oh, no, I'm not going to touch that thing. Well, because you're so closed-minded, right? You're thinking the Word. We've got to open our hearts and our minds, not to the world, but to the scriptures. And we've got to start saying, I need to know what Jesus would do because I've got to have a humble spirit and I've got to live in this twisted world. The mind will think differently. The eyes will see differently. The ears will hear differently. Those who desire discipleship, like I want to be discipled and then I want to disciple others, you'll have an open mind. Oh boy, discipleship. Uh, it's going to cut 
disciples, the Holy Spirit. And it is available to us to teach us still today. We have access to him. I want you to see what Luke uh, writes here. I've got I to gotta move along. I, I, need you, I need you to hear this because this is amazing. Jesus appears to the disciples. So he's died on the cross. He's risen again. And here he comes back. And it says, uh, while they were still talking about this, uh, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Can you imagine being a disciple? It says they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you have doubts that rise in your mind? Rise place in the mind. Because their minds were not open. So if you didn't catch it, what happened? Jesus died on the cross. He said, I'm coming back. He came back. He came back, and they saw him, and they were frightened, and they were scared. Their minds were closed. Like he said, I'm going to come back. And when he came back and he was among them, they didn't believe him. They need to open their minds. Look at my hands and my feet is the pulse, right? It is myself. Touch me and see. The ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Come on, Jesus was hungry. He must have been Baptist, right? He, he was hungry. He, he wasn't, by the way. Don't send me hate mail. He was hungry. He said they gave them a piece of broiled fish. Come on, y'all. Uh, that, that's good stuff. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Did he open their minds? Jesus did this, y'all. Did he open their minds so that they could understand the scriptures? Some of you are not understanding the scriptures because you haven't submitted to the authority of Christ and asked him to open your minds. Open your minds. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, the Holy Spirit that came. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So that Spirit comes. Be mind open your heart open to receive what God has for you. Some of you to be disciples will need to be open. And number three is transparent. H-O-T-T. Hot, come on, hot, y'all. Right? Transparent. This is where most Christians will struggle. Most Christians struggle with transparency. God has duped us. You know there's only like 10 cents, right? I've heard me say it before. Nobody's coming to my office for counsel saying, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. I'm really struggling with this sin. And go, go ahead, man. Give it to me. I, I, I promise. I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you, man. And then they tell me the sin, and I don't ever go. Man, I've never heard of that one before. I don't know what to do. And nobody else is going through this, Pastor. Nobody else is going through this. It's just me. I'm struggling like nobody else has ever struggled. And I haven't ever had to say, you know what? You're right, man. Nobody else in the world ever struggles with that. There's only like 10 things that we struggle with. And we're not transparent about them. Too many Christians are missing out by remaining private. Now, look, I'm not talking about gossip here. I'm not talking about talking about other people. I'm not saying put all your dirty laundry up here on the line for everyone. 
everybody to see. I'm talking about once you're humble, once you're open, we have to be transparent. There has to be some revealing issues that come up with this. Here's the question I have for you. Have you submitted to another to spiritually lead you? And transparency. Have you submitted to another person and said, I'd like you to spiritually lead me? Because if I'm going to be a disciple and then a disciple maker, I have to submit to a teacher to be able to say, would you lead me spiritually? Like we have to have that. Because in that comes transparency. A better question is, are you a disciple with intent to disciple others? Also, be your game, Christians. Your game should not be find God so that my life can be better. You know, most people will come into the doors of the church when their life is in the tank, and then they're going to be like, "Oh, I need God, so let's go back to church." Like it's a like it's a drive-through. Like you get something out of it. Let's go to church so I can feel better. My life can start. You know, I hear you. Some are like, "Man, ever since I started coming back to church, my life is just—it just feels so much better." <coughs> Now be transparent. Now be humble. Now open yourself. Hebrews uh, chapter 4 uh, says, says this. What verse we start at? 12 and 13. It says, For the word of God is alive and active. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Are you open? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Newsflash, he sees everything in you anyway. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account. Transparency. Transparency. You're not that good. You're not that good. I'm not that good. Why are we trying to compete with everybody else? To look a certain way. Can we just be humble? Can we open and be transparent in the issue? Stacy and I have found great freedom in being vulnerable, authentic, and transparent. It's honestly where our greatest growth is, is in transparency. Like Satan loses a grip in my sin life when I'm transparent with other people. Loses a grip. If you would just start submitting your sin, repentance to Christ and transparency, he would start to fix that issue that you're having. You humble yourselves, pray, go heal our broken land. I think about this stuff, James 5, 6. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective.
confidentiality and share the struggle that you're having. Come on, 4th of July, so that you can find some freedom, so that you can live, and humility will start, and openness will start, and I'm telling you, you'll start to go, man, I don't want to audit this class anymore. I want to be involved. I want to I become a disciple. I, I want to start teaching other people. Man, that felt so good. I can't tell you how many people have said, man, I've been going to the prayer team and receiving prayers so much. I, I, I'd like to join that crew. Now, do, do you know that the prayer crew, I need you to see, the prayer crew is the only crew you can't sign up for and just go on. Like, we have to have a conversation because I believe so deeply in confidentiality that every person that prays for you understands the privacy and
become a student. The students in the class start moving to become teachers. Look, you're going to have some opportunities this fall as we move into our groups again, our small groups. We're taking these next two months, this month in Nest, and just chilling out during the week, right? Some of you have never been in a small group, and you're going to go, it's time. It's time for me to participate in small group. Like, I want to get in there and do life together and learn what it's like to be a disciple. And some of you that have been doing that, you don't even know it yet. You're going to be leading a group this fall. No idea. Don't worry, we're not signing up today. But go, God has planted the seed. I see it already. I've seen some of y'all go, I think I'm supposed to be leading a group. Yeah, because God's making you a disciple. And then a disciple maker. But some of you are going to be teachers. And teachers, you know what they do? They have continuing education credits, don't they? Right? You gotta go back and you gotta go get these credits so you can maintain your efficiency. Look, that's what we do. We just go and we have continuing education credits. And this side of heaven will never arrive. We never get there as teachers. We never go, I figured it all out. I got it all figured out. They come ask me eight questions. Oh, that's the opposite of humility. I'll close with the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Look, there's hard work to do. This is not an easy flight. It's not an easy train. Like, come on, man. Life's going to get good. Like, come on. We're going to be humble. We're going to be open. We're going to be transparent. in your life in those hard days. I told somebody just this morning, the hard days are still hard days. There's just a difference. Come on, you've been there. You know what happens. Like, So what do you say? Are you ready to become a disciple, a disciple maker? Like God has some work to do with us if we're open to it. Let's pray. God, today, I thank you for all that you've done in this place. I thank you for this discipleship series, God. I think this month is going to be powerful for us as we submit ourselves to you, God, to guide us and coach us. Our world needs teachers, teachers of the word, 